Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds one. Here's a long three. Welcome to another edition of the Indy Cornrows podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback. Send us any questions, comments, anything over on IndieCornrows.com. And, of course, read our articles there. Uh, we're always interested to hear from you and, and uh, you know, just know what you're thinking. I'm, I'm always around to, to talk, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter, anything. Um, I'm really psyched today to be joined. We're, we're exactly seven days away from Media Day, which is kind of insane, considering how close the season is. But joined again by Tom Lewis. I think this is like the – it's been probably three or four weeks since we've been on the pod together, Tom. Uh I'm I'm psyched to kind of pick your brain and see where you're at with the team right now. But but how are you doing today, man? Yeah, doing well, doing well. It's been a nice little break, but yeah, it's it's um, all of a sudden about over. <laughs> yeah, like you I say, know. next next week at this time, they'll be uh, uh, trekking into the field house for for real to get things tipped off. So it's uh, it's time to get going and see what we got. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh. It's a little odd because now, I mean, even if you think about it, we're less than a month away from the season starting. Now I think about it today, I think uh, the first yeah. official tip is on October 19th. It's the 20th today. So, yeah, it is, uh, it's is—it's coming in very, very hot. Uh, it, it has been an absolute uh, tear through since since Summer League in, in terms of how, how time has been getting churned up. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing that I want to ask you today, because I think it's the most important thing to talk about right now, uh, how does your opinion change to the team right now going into the year with TJ's injury uh, and some of the, I don't want to say reporting, but just because it hasn't necessarily been reported, but looking at, um, you know, after everything that's come out, it seems kind of apparent that the, the franchise was aware that, that TJ was probably going to miss some time to start the year. Uh, and that was something that influenced the Tory Craig signing. Um based on that that sideline guys interview with with Rick Carlisle uh I mean yeah let's, let's just start from there where are you at with the how the I mean how the team looks coming into the year and and you know based off of uh some of the new information that's come out over the last month yeah I mean it, it's kind of frustrating honestly you know um kind of just sugarcoated the, to me I yeah not, I not, mean, to, not to be super rude but yeah well not to interrupt well on, on the one end, you know, I feel like they're in better shape this year. I feel like to handle an injury, at least with um, some of the parts they have, Mitchell Craig and and I think O'Shea Brissett, being more familiar with the group. Um, so I, I feel like they have more pieces for different positions that fill in gaps. Um, but um, you know, we're, we're still here with the the same group and, and you know it's like the to me you know i feel like i, I know i was listening to probably caitlin um last week and you know she mentioned you know the marigold round seems like one of those marigold round and, and honestly to me i feel like it's a straight jacket like i'm trying to rip out of this straight jacket of is this a bonus turner thing gonna work you know is this our last shot at it ever working and I feel like what is working with that, you know, it's like, it seems like 
everyone's happy when it's just, you know, a, a level plus minus with those guys on the court at the same time. And then somehow we got to alter it to, to make it work and have those guys stagger. And that discussion, that situation, that um, heading into another year has me almost ready to go bonkers, I guess. Um, but, yeah, other than that, everything's great. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, in, in general, I think even, you know, listening to that interview with Carlisle, as you mentioned, you know, at one point I just kind of caught him saying, you know, we got to see if this can work, you know. And to me, it wasn't just the, the bonus tournament thing. I think it was just this this group, you know, the way they kind of built things last year, they thought they had all the, you know, these versatile pieces. Um, and they had, you know, as they were assuming Drew Groom was going to be a coach that would be um, innovative and use them in different ways and motivate and all that stuff. Uh, uh, he was a little less Ted Lasso, though, unfortunately, obviously. Um, and it didn't work. And so, you know, you know, now they're giving him one more shot, uh, essentially, with, with uh, a regular coach and just kind of picking that one line out of, of we got to see if this can work was, was <laughs> interesting. I, I thought uh, among a few interesting comments throughout that uh, podcast, um, but, you know, I, now we all have to see if it's going to work again. And for me, that, that's, um, as you say, frustrating, which is putting it mildly. Yeah, it's just kind of taxing. Um, and and I, I don't mean to sound like, oh, woe is me, like trying to cover the team. But like in trying to analyze where they're at right now, it's just it makes me want to throw my hands up in the air. Like I, I don't I don't know how to how to view the team in some ways. Uh, like I think one of the questions that got posed to me uh, earlier this year in a mailbag and I'm going to be doing another mailbag shortly. So send in your questions for that. But uh, one of the questions that got posed to me was how long do you think you want to uh, you need to see the team play before you have a, a more concrete idea of, of where they're mm -hmm. at and if they should make a move. And I said, I think around 30 games is, is when you should have a pretty good idea. Um, you know, again, it's just kind of arbitrary, but there's a really tough stretch to, to start the season starts to even out. And I feel like 30 right. games by then you should have your system down pretty well, even given that a new coach is coming in. Like, you know, I think with, with how much of the roster is back, you should have a pretty concrete idea of what things look like in 30 games. But now adding in the Warren injury, I, to me, it doesn't change that. I still think if, you know, like if uh, just given the way that, that everything was presented, you know, and in, in, in Rick being the, the big offseason addition, I think I look at it as in, okay, as, as, as important as TJ Warren is, and as much as I think he is probably like, well, saying important might be, you know, it might sound the same as best. I don't think TJ is necessarily the best player on the team, but like, I think based on, you know, the way that the, the front office talked about him and the way that we saw, like there are some ways where he is almost the most important player on the team for the versatility he brings uh, on both ends. Even without having him, I feel like if this team is really going to be good enough, you have to be in a, a spot where like, okay, you can, you can manage without having TJ or if you can't right. glean information because one of your your best guys is missing. Like, I think that that's – I just don't necessarily agree with that. Like, I think if this if this group is going to be good enough, they're going to have to find a way through it. Uh, and I know that sounds maybe a little bit unfair, but, you know, uh, this got brought up on Lock on Pacers recently by, by Tony and, uh, and Adam and from that article that you wrote a while back uh, on 
you know, just the, the oh, blame yeah, that the, the blame's kind of just yeah. in in and around the entire organization. And I've just been thinking about this a ton. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm just kind of at the stage where I'm 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 not interested in hearing we want to see this group healthy because I don't think it's ever going to happen. Okay. Uh, I don't want to be like completely poo poo to that, but like, just given the injury histories of everyone on the team and the way that things have have tended to play out and the way that things just play out in general for any team, like you can look at the bucks or you can look at whoever and and just say, you know, teams that make deep playoff runs, they get really lucky with injuries. And even then they deal with injuries like the bucks, Dante DiVincenzo missed the entire playoffs. Um, You know, with, with Atlanta, Deandre Hunter missed the entire playoffs and most of the season, like, these teams will make deep playoff runs. Even they have injuries that, that are, that are difficult. And I think when you look at a team that is so reliant on hopefully having the entire group together and healthy, like, I just don't know how to view that. It's, I think we can, we'll dive into it in a little bit. And I think the team is more equipped to handle um, having some injuries this year, or at least dealing with TJ's injury a little bit to start the year. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, it's just it's 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 a little bit frustrating. Would you say that it's changed up for you? Like your opinion on, you know, like I, I don't know if you were in the same line of thinking of thirty games and we'll see where we're at and assess there. But I mean, where how are you feeling going into this year with knowing that TJ might miss a significant portion of the season? Yeah, I mean, you know, but kind of on that injury thing. Aside from you know maybe TJ McConnell and Justin Holiday, like if they play a week and any one of any other player on the roster, all of a sudden you get the morning report, oh, he's tweaked the knee, hurt an ankle, hurt a shoulder, whatever, he's going to be out for three or four weeks. Wouldn't be a shock with any other player, really, um, unfortunately. But um, overall, you know, my thought, and, and we've seen this group in large part, um, maybe not always with Karis, but whatever, this group, even last year, you know, we've seen them play well. They can play well. They're capable of playing well um, and playing, you know, with anybody really um, on a given night. And Except Milwaukee. We've seen them, we've seen, you know, Milwaukee's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, um, and we've seen them, you know, obviously play poorly and consistently. And that, that's a thing. It's that consistency thing. And that, I think that's going to be a challenge assessing the team um, early in the season. I think 30 games probably is fair because that, that, you know, early stretch is, you know, how do you assess how the players are playing and how the team's playing um, and, and doing what, you know, Carla wants them to do, even if they aren't stacking wins, right? Um, now, it, it's frustrating when they're losing, but, you know, it is – you know, you, you know it when you see it. If a team's um, playing well defensively, not having breakdowns, um, you know, maybe maybe shots aren't falling or, or something else, that, or they're just being, you know, outmanned in certain matchups, um, that that can lead to the losses. But if they're progressing and, and playing better as a unit, um, that should be apparent whether they're winning or losing real early. But by 30 games, yeah, you should know um what you got with this group and really how how they're going to use the players you know even without uh <clears throat> Warren in there you know it's easy to go and without Edmund Sumner um you know maybe you throw in Goga and you can get the 10 players in a rotation of who you would expect to be playing the bulk of the minutes um and 
we saw all those guys all year last year, and, and they, they can play well together, and they can, like you say, um, like Milwaukee, like Atlanta, they should be able to cover up for having worn out for however long he's going to be out. And, and maybe even one of the other guys, you know, missing a game or two here or there. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just how they can come together and play consistently at a high level because uh, they have to, you know, there's no one superstar to lean on, really. You know, they got to come together and, and find a way to play. And that that's the thing that the hope. But Carlisle and his staff can, can get those guys working in that fashion. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take, you know, I think it's going to take a little time. But um, they should be able to, you know, the familiarity just amongst each other, um, improve on the defensive end at, at a minimum. Um, and, and show that right away, whether they're winning or losing. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. Like they have to be a top 10 defense this year, in my opinion. Like I think, uh, and that may sound like a little far-fetched after how last year went, but honestly, like, I mean, as bad as the defense was, I think they finished 15th in defense rating 14th or 15th, which is still mind boggling mm-hmm. to me. I have no idea how, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh, it, it just feels like that number is in spite of itself, but uh, you know, looking at I the think past, the rating kept going down. As a oh, yes, off. it yeah. did. It it very yeah. much so I mean, did. But like, so. yeah, it was uh, it was like the uh, the opposite of it looked like the Great Depression number, uh, the, the Great <laughs> Depression stock graph. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think you can definitely point out. Like, we can always have questions about what the playoff defense will look like, but I think just in terms of regular season defense, like. This team should be a top ten defensive team. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about that at some other time. Uh, I'm not I'm not ready for that conversation today. I don't know. We'll probably have it, but uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I think, Moore, I guess. What? I said that was a pretty good Jim Moore for this early. That game, was that was pretty good. I was uh, I was not expecting that. Um. But, yeah, I mean, this team should be better defensively. They need to be better defensively, and we'll see that hopefully early on. Uh, I think – well, let's let's transition to this because, obviously, with TJ out, that, that changes things. I think um, – I'm really interested to see who starts in his place. I would probably yeah. imagine – I mean, Caitlin and I talked about this. I would guess it's probably going to be Justin Holiday, and I think that would make sense. Um, but – in terms of who you, you think is actually going to shoulder the most load from this, I'm really interested to see how this – I mean, I don't, I don't want to put too much pressure on him because he's played, what, like 40 NBA games, but I think this is huge for O'Shea Brissett. Like, that sounds – actually, I mm-hmm. also – I just have to hype myself up. I was spot on. He has played exactly 40 NBA games. In case you were wondering how much time I spend on basketball reference, uh, <laughs> I, I just think for O'Shea Brissett, this is like – a, this is a huge opportunity for him, but also this is really important for the Pacers given, you know, we don't have to harp on it too much, but we've talked about very in depth and it's, it's well noted some of their struggles with uh, making draft picks hit. And after, you know, a guy who's 23 years old comes up through the G league system for them uh, with Fort Wayne last year, playing well in the bubble and getting the call up and playing extremely well last year, I think it's just, it is absolutely essential that they prioritize getting O'Shea minutes. And I think, you know, I've heard things thrown around that maybe like people could view Tory Craig playing over O'Shea. And I personally would be mm-hmm. a little bit disappointed in that. Uh, not to, not to be unfair to Tory Craig. Like I think he's a good player, but I also think 
given what O'Shea showed last year, you have to get the most out of him as much as possible this year. Uh, would you agree with that, or where are you at with with, with that? Yeah, as far as um, as far as the you know the the fill in starter, um, yeah, I'd, I'd go all around on that. I mean, on some level, I wouldn't mind Duarte getting in there if he's capable of, of um, handling the early minutes, but mm-hmm. just because you know, just I feel like he could be comparable to Justin Holiday in a lot of ways. Um, and I'd love to have Justin Hall in that second unit. Yeah, me too. Um, Banching around with, with TJ McConnell, uh, you know, in his, you know, in what I consider his, you know, natural and maybe most valuable role. Um, and if Duarte could be that filling guy early, that would be great for his development as well. Now, obviously, um, that, that's a big leap. You know, expecting the rookie to come in and, and do that. Yeah, finding um, the balance between getting guys' development and still being, you know, a, a positive right. in those minutes is 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 tough. Yeah. as we've seen for the team for a while. And and, and to your point about O'Shea, I, I I think I would definitely rather have him over Craig again. I prefer Craig to play that role that he was brought into as well. And and you know, you got to think long term with these guys and and have the familiarity. I mean, there was so much jumbling around last year with the rotations and, and guys playing, you know, rotations that never practiced together or didn't fit together. And, and be nice to, you know, knowing what you know at the start of the season, try and manage and, and think, you know, long-term of, you know, who, who are our second, second year, you know, go-to guys going to be, you know, and they will manage the first unit, um, you know, from, from there. But um, I, I think, it is a, a tricky decision. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the, the preseason with that as well. If it's kind of like maybe a little tryout for what they're doing. Um, you know, I also heard, you know, maybe TJ McConnell could jump in there. That would really be an uh, uh, odd uh, switch I, to the starting lineup. Well, let's but, talk um, about that again, one because I've, I've, uh, uh, I've seen that and I, uh, I, I don't want to be like anti anti TJ McConnell, but I like he is he's a good player and a very good backup point guard. But I just wonder what like a I think it's difficult because if you throw him into the starting lineup, obviously it's not just like okay if you have starters out there then they can't play with the bench lineup. Like that's not how it works, obviously. But um, right. I just think it makes things a little bit weird with uh, you know getting ball handlers with the second unit and. Um, you know, yeah. the, no, I, I think that, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think he would fit with the starting lineup. And I also just don't understand people's obsession with having a quote unquote point guard on the team. Like, yeah, TJ is a point guard. I guess you can come out and say Malcolm Brogdon is not a point guard, but and I don't want to just like go over and hammer people over the head with quote unquote positionless basketball, but like, well, yeah, Malcolm's probably not your ideal point guard on a championship team or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's, it's really more just about like having five guys all together who can, who can create in the half court enough. Like, I, I don't really care as much about having a point guard. Is it easier to create in the half court if you have a, a really dynamic pick and roll threat? Yes. But like, I'm, I'm not as worried about that, but it just, yeah, it would be a little bit herky jerky with TJ is all I'm saying. And I'm, I'm yeah. I wasn't trying to over, overstride you there, but. Yeah, but I mean, and also 
you know, blows up my earlier point of like, I want those, <laughs> those second unit guys, Justin Holiday, Junior McConnell, um, and Toy Craig, you know, get those minutes consistently together um, as much as they can, too. And, that, and you know, and that's kind of why I wouldn't mind Duarte, I guess, in the starting lineup a little bit because, but, you know, he showed, you know, he can ball pretty well in summer league. He wouldn't be the primary guy with the think, but, you know, he, Levert, and Broadman could all, you know, grab it and go. And um, and then, yeah, like you say, there, there's no concern about having, you know, a quote-unquote one-point guard out there. Um, you got guys you can initiate um, in a variety of ways. Uh, but And then, again, it's, you know, could be a matchup thing, too, you know, defensively, make sure they can match up. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how, how long, you know, Turner and some bonus around the floor together to start a game. And then and then once you move after that, you know, to fill in that, you know, O'Shea, Tory Craig, Justin Holiday role after the, one of those guys comes out, you know, assuming they go a little smaller. Um, that's that's the next, you know, from starter to, to that first rotation is also going to be uh, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think one of the things that, it's not even like I wouldn't say that it's terrible. Um, obviously, I mean it sucks that TJ's injured, but just in terms of looking, okay, well, when he does come back, that just throws an, another wrench into everything that makes it a little bit more complex. And um, you know, Kalen had had great points in saying, you know, like it, it should be relatively easy just given the way that uh, we've seen things play out in and uh, the way that, that Rick had things running in summer league and the way that it could be looking in the regular season, like it should be pretty plug and play, especially like TJ's not a guy who is, you know, running stuff with the ball in his hands. He's more like, a, you know, benefiting from, from guys running stuff. Uh, but it just, it, 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 it gunks up the rotations again. And I think that's one of the things that I'm really interested to see, like, and that's one of the things that I think is most important about, looking how this is going to be like you can go back to Nate McMillan's last year obviously and Victor comes back and they win the first game with him in Chicago and they drop six in a row um, Mm -hmm. because of how odd that was trying to bring him back in and obviously it's different because again Victor was I think he was like around 30 percent usage for those games he was taking like 15 16 shots a game Um, I think TJ will take probably similar amounts of shots but it's just going to be in terms of like you know where they're coming from how he's getting there but again like you go, let's say again, like if it's quote unquote 30 or 40 games and he's potentially coming back around like, you know, after Christmas, um, which I guess would be probably close to the 30 games. But uh, you already have that that rotation solidified. You, you've already kind of hopefully by that point found a groove and then you're adding somebody in who's probably going to be, you know, by the time that they're brought back in playing like 30 to 32 minutes a game. And it just makes things weird. Like, how does that factor in for Jeremy Lamb? Like, I think that's that's another thing that I'm really kind of vexed by, because especially with Edmund Sumner's injury, um, with him trying to move off of him, like, what does that do with Jeremy? How does he fit, fit in? Um, how does a lot of stuff fit in? Like, I mean, maybe Torrey Craig's playing 15 minutes a game to start the year, and then it's like, okay, well, you signed him to come here and play, and now he's like, what, the 11th man in the rotation? Like, I, I don't like he was playing for a team that made the NBA finals last year, playing 12 minutes, I think around 12 minutes a game. Um, it's just, it, there's, it, it comes, it always seems to come back to consolidation on the roster in some ways. 
said, and uh, and Tori was playing 19 minutes per game for this. Oh, okay, yeah. On that, yeah. So yeah, I mean that that is the uh, the million dollar question with all these guys is is that fit. But I, I agree. I think Warren sliding back in it would definitely be a lot different than um, you know Old Depot just because of the way they play and, and the role they they have. Um, and you know, it seems like Jeremy Lamb's ready to go again too. <laughs> um, so you know, they they got enough players to to withstand that injury, um, and it's just a matter of you know surviving early. And and, uh, and again, you know, you got all this conversation is assuming everyone else remains relatively healthy, <laughs> um, which goes back to the original point of getting sick and tired of having to say that all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that makes two of us. I guess we already kind of hit on it, but I, I, I was wondering maybe, you know, how with that challenging start in the schedule, um, you know, what, what are you looking for um, as far as seeing some progress, some success? Um, are there, you know, key players or just style of play or, or how are we going to try and assess some, some progress or some success um, if they do get off to a slow start? Yeah, so that's a, a great question because going through and just looking at the first 20 games, um, I think you can pretty handily say like 15 of those games are against teams that are almost certain to be in the playoffs, which is like a little daunting. Uh, mm -hmm. And I mean, if you include play in, I think there's a good chance every single one of those teams makes at least the play in game. Um, right. So this is a, an extremely tough stretch. Um, I mean, I think you and I are on, on board with the same uh, expectations for the season. Like, I mean, or I guess I'll, I'll, I'll hand you a really quick question. Like your your expectation for the season is to make the second round, correct? Uh, like I feel like that's kind of if they're not making the second round of the playoffs, I don't want to say that it's a a lost season or something like that. But the whole reason they fired Nate McMillan in the first place is because he couldn't get to the second round of the playoffs. Um, right. If this group doesn't get to the second round of the playoffs, I would consider that a failure in some ways, based on the way that the team's constructed and the way that they've talked about it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um... And again, you know, making the playoff, I mean, I, I, I joked with the more playoffs earlier, but um, I do it for them to make the playoffs, but it's like, I feel like at this point, we're just trying to get the team up and running. Yeah. <laughs> at that level well, exactly. Again. Like it makes me feel again, like uh, yeah. asking them to make the second round of the playoffs almost seems like a far, far-fetched task exactly. in some ways. And that might change again with time. But I mean, I think that, 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 that answers my question for me. Like, I think, if this yeah. team is really going to be a team that makes the second round of the playoffs, I think they have to be around 600 by, uh, by game 20. Like, I think if they're quote unquote going to be that good of a team, if they're going to be like a top four, top five seed, you need to be able to beat up on the teams that are going to be more in the playing game. Like you, you cannot mm -hmm. lose games to the Kings on November 7th. You, you have to be able to beat the Pistons on November 17th. You can't lose to the Hornets in the first game or on November 19th. And you have to be able to beat up on the Raptors because I think uh, I don't know where I'm at with the Raptors. They're they're a very odd team right now. I think they're mm -hmm. going to be a little bit close to the playoff to the play in, but I think they they could be a playoff team as well. But like, 
especially too, like I think the great litmus test is going to be what do they look like against the Bulls? What do they look like against the Trailblazers? Um, I don't expect a lot against the Bucks in, in game four. But again, like how do they look against Miami in, in the third game? Or less about that, but more like when it's December and it's game 25. How do they look against Miami? How do they look against Atlanta in the game before? Like, they, are they right. going to be competitive with the top five, six teams in the East? Because that's been their problem the last couple of years. They can beat up on the teams that are on the outside looking in, but can they beat the teams that are above them? They've always kind of been in their own little tier above the play-in teams and until last year, uh, but just below the upper crust. And is this going to be the year where they really break that mold? I don't know. And I think uh, to be at least like, I think they need to be a couple wins over 500 uh, by December. If I'm going to feel like that's kind of the trajectory that they're on. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, the Mets and the Bucks and, you know, one thing, but I think, you know, they definitely should aspire to be in that Atlanta, Miami level and a hair above, like you say, the Chicago and maybe Knicks and, and those teams. Um, even though right now I would say they're they're in they're starting from that group, they have to prove they can move up. Yeah, exactly. Like um, they're in that Knicks Knicks range, and not to shit on the Knicks. Knicks are a good team, yeah. but it's like it's exactly no, like that, I don't like, think there's a cluster of, of teams that you know you you wouldn't uh, until you show it. You know you're not, yeah. you're not moving above that group. Exactly. You're basically, fighting for the last half of the playoffs. So, um, and. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's that's a challenge. And again, like you say, getting to the playoffs, I think one thing under McMillan was those last couple of playoff rounds or series where they just were so out of it quick. Uh, you know, the, the performance in the playoffs um, was bad as well. So, you know, did they make it to the second round? That'd be great. Um, how do they perform at least in the first round is going to be um, the other thing. And quite honestly, you know, if they're not trending toward that, are there big changes made by the trade deadline? I think um, there, there has to be. Like, would, exactly. Would alter, alter what, how the team may finish. Um, you know, it is a deal made that is a little more future forward thinking, or is it for a right now, um, um, you know, infusion uh, to change something? Uh, we'll see, but but um, if everyone's together from the start and they're playing well, yeah, I think they should definitely, you know, consider winning around the playoffs to be success. But again, what we'll to see how it all plays out, and and that you know those goals may change as the season goes on. And again, that that like we've just mentioned, that first twenty games is going to be uh, um, put a lot of pressure on that. Definitely. And I think, you know, a good place to leave off is just looking at uh, this overall, like, like we're mentioning, I think uh, not to be all doom and gloom, but like this year is really, I feel like we say this, it's been two years in a row now where we say this season is so important for the Pacers, but like, it is like, you can look at this roster and say, there's nobody with 10 years of experience on it. Like it's all mid twenties guys, late mid to late twenties guys. Like they're in their, they're, they're, they're a group very much so in their primes are getting into it right now. Um, yep. And that's not a bad thing, but I think you look at, okay, Brooklyn, I know like we say this with a grain of salt because things can change very quickly in the NBA as we know, but like 
do they have a do is there really a a way in which they're competitive with Brooklyn in the next two or three years barring significant internal improvement I I don't know if I would would say that um I feel like you can look and say Boston probably has a brighter future given their their top end talent I would say the same thing about Atlanta Milwaukee is not getting any worse as long as Giannis is there and we know the problems that the team has had since Giannis has been at his level and I'm not trying to be like just again not trying to be ultra doom and gloom but I do think like this year is just really important for finding direction because I just think like like you've mentioned if if you're hitting near the trade deadline and they're a 500 team there has to be some kind of significant change one way or the other because uh, and it, it seems like it would be more towards being an all-in move because I don't think, you know, with Rick yeah. here, he clearly didn't come here to tank or uh, not that I think the team would tank, but like he didn't come here to do a rebuild. Um, so I don't know. It, this again, that that first 20 game stretch is going to be so freaking huge for seeing what this team's doing this year and moving forward. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, going back to the beginning is why I feel like I'm in a straight jacket because we <laughs> I'm like, want to rip out of this this uh, narrative around this team of, of trying to stay healthy, trying to see everybody play, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it is, it is important, you know, and like last year showed, and, you know, you can go back and over history and, and it kind of happens more frequently than you think. But, you know, like maybe you don't have to beat the Mets because they have some issues pop up like they did last year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the Suns made that run, you know, there was – how many dominoes fell in their favor. And, and so you got to be ready for luck to fall your way, you know? And so as, you know, going back um, to Jim Moore, wow, this is really brilliant. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, if you ask any Colts fan, they'll tell you that the team that won the Super Bowl wasn't that best, the best Colts team um, in that Manning era, but everything fell in their favor. They had healthy at the right time. They got some great running play. Uh, Dominic Rhodes, you know, they're just – Things fell into place at the right time, the right opponents, and boom, they they got through the Super Bowl. Um, and the, you know that same thing happens in the NBA a lot of times with with certain teams. Obviously, um, it is not a level playing field. I always say that it's never a level playing field. So teams like the Pacers have to, um, when they're healthy and, and playing well, and, and that opportunity comes, um, you know they got to be ready for it. And uh, and you know hopefully that'll be this year, but. I guess we'll find out starting next week. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Tom, this was a good time. It's always good to catch up and, and start getting some of our thoughts going on the year. Uh, definitely some of the themes that I'm sure we'll be hitting on on, on, on post-game pods throughout. Um, looking forward to talking again soon. Uh, media Day is coming up again. First uh, first official game is against the Hornets in one month exactly from now, which is still just kind of wild to think about. But a lot of great stuff coming up. I'll talk to you later. To everyone listening. Thank you for listening, and most importantly, have a good rest of your day.